Welcome, everybody, to another special edition. I just say special. It's not really that special, but another special edition of the Collar and Elbow Wrestling Podcast. I am Kenny Oak, joined, as always, by the one, the only, the very special, Christopher Harris. Chris, how are you doing today, bubs? If anything is special here, it's me. Although That's, this will okay. be a different type of show than we've done, this isn't necessarily special, but I am here. I'm special. I'm special. As long as we're together talking wrestling, we're here with the rest of the bubs in the world, especially our fans in Niger and oh, India. Big, big shout outs to the big foreign, shout out to them. There. Thank you so much, everyone around the world, for listening to us. Uh, but yeah, it's very special, bubs. It's something new. Uh, it's something I'm very excited to do. And please, please explain what we're going to be doing today. Every time. You and I get on our conversations here Every time. via Skype so from two states away from each other. We end up having 10, 15, 20-minute conversations, mostly about wrestling, and we have great banter back and forth. <laughs> and then one of us yells out at one point or, or another when we've gone too far and says, why aren't we recording? Because yes. the shit that we're saying, it's pure gold. It's what, every, it's what all the fans are saying. It's what everyone else wants to talk about. So what we're going to try to do today in our Pro Wrestling Talk 101 sessions, number one, we're going to bring up random topics that we want to talk about. Shit that we've been kind of putting to the wayside because we're focusing on specific episodes. Mm-hmm. Now we're just going to banter back and forth. We're going to We're just going to talk wrestling. That's we're going to talk gonna about talk wrestling. wrestling. And I'm pretty excited. So you said the word special. This could be special because it's a little different than what we normally do, bubs. And I say special just because, uh, like you said, it, it's out of the norm of what we normally do. We, we have very specific topics that we like to discuss on our episodes. But, you know, I have much more fun just talking, just talking wrestling. And really, there was no pressure on coming up with anything. It's just, let's just talk about wrestling. Let's get engaged. Let's get the fans engaged. And, you know, let's just go ahead and let's go. Let's, let's get on it. Let's get on it. Let me bring up something right now because I want to say it so we can lead this off strong. Okay, all right? that's that's bold, but Here whatever. Now it's not. Hey, calm down. All right, I got a lot no, of things to talk about. You're just jumping right out of the gate. Okay, because I, I want to. This is this your ooh, your big moment. Oh, look at me, unbubs. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck. Okay, whatever. Okay. Why and how long do we have to wait? Kind of a two-parter here. Okay. When when do we get to see Charlotte, Bobby Roode, and Seth Rollins all become heels again? How long are we yes. waiting for that? And why is it God. not happening? 2015 Rollins, best heel in a long time. Charlotte, best heel on the roster. And Bobby Roode, that's just his gimmick. He needs to be the glorious, arrogant heel. Yes. Am I right or wrong? I do agree with you. I will go ahead and say this very boldly. I think 2015 Seth Rollins, uh, even though the numbers might not show it, might be the best WWE champion uh, main eventer of the last, you know, three, four years. Um, he put, you know, he was charged with kind of leading, leading the entire brand, leading all of WWE. He was wrestling two, three times a night. You know, he held both WWE title and U.S. title. Uh, he was the workhorse, and I, I thought that as soon as he came back from his injury, they were going to put the title right back on him. He was going to hold it again, but it's just not happening. They're they're trying this babyface run, and it just is not working for him. Okay. You mean it's not working though? Like you're not. Enjoying it's not it? working. I'm not enjoying his face run. Okay. Uh, what's 
what's the best thing that's come out of this? You know, a match with Triple H at WrestleMania? That was a great match. Uh, probably the second best match of that entire show. But honestly, what else has he done in this new in this run that he's been going through? It's been a whole bunch of tag team work and some Shield reunions. And I don't care about versus... the Shield, though. No, me neither. But it's a lot of him versus Cesaro and or Sheamus. Yes. All to set up Jason Jordan, and that's fallen flat on its face now because he's out with neck surgery. Yes. So I don't know what we're getting with a future Seth Rollins. A lot in the cards to be played, but th- he's good as a, he's good as a as a face. He's enjoyable because he's one of the best technically sound dudes on the roster, right? But nothing can compare to what he did a few years ago, especially when he was well. He was a dual champion at one time. He held the yeah. U.S. title. Yeah, and I he was that up. the man of the authority. Yeah, he was a man of the authority. So. Do you think, I mean, do you feel like maybe now that Jason Jordan's kind of out of the picture that when Dean Ambrose makes his return, that Seth Rollins will then, are they, there were talks about Dean Ambrose being the guy that turns on the shield now. Do you see that going or do do maybe they pull the trigger again on Seth Rollins? I, I hope there's nothing involved with the shield whatsoever. And I would much rather see Dean Ambrose as a heel if I have to see him on TV. Which I, I don't. I want. Let's I want be, to see. Let's him, be honest. Right? I don't. If see I, him. But if he's gonna be there, I need him to be a heel. If he's gonna be half crazy, psychotic, and or just unhinged in some way, let him be fucking heel. Let's do some stuff, and then he and Seth can work an angle. I think they should do that. I do want to see that angle between those two, but. I want both is what I want if I'm being greedy. It's like they, they want Dean Ambrose to be this crazy, unhitched person, but honestly, you know, he's he's boring as fuck. I don't care about seeing him. His in-ring style is not very good. His character isn't that interesting. Even when he was in The Shield, I didn't find him all that crazy or unhinged. The only, the only reason that people know that is because Michael Cole keeps screaming at us that he's the lunatic fringe. That's right. So We're, we're going to keep getting that when he returns. Here comes the lunatic poor. fringe. Oh my god, it's the lunatic fringe. By god. Mm. But I mean, I want to see you know what I want to see for my heels? I, I want to see them with a bottle of liquor smashing it over CM Punk's head, yelling, "Are you are you drunk, Punk?" Huh? You drunk? Okay, that's, that's what a, I want to see. That's a little few years past though. We have to that's be a little unhinged. more cognitive of the audience. That's unhinged, bubs. Okay, then those were good years. We'd say that so much to each other. We were so happy back then. We used to sit and, oh, God, those were some of the best, one of the best years in wrestling for us because we, we were overseas at the time, and that's when we really got back into it. Oh, yeah. It was oh. mostly to get back at Sturge. Uh, the Sturge, making it on the wa- podcast here. Yes. I watched it in spite of him to make fun of him, and then I remembered how much I loved it. And Chris Jericho just won me over again with his feud with CM Punk. It was great timing then. Prior to that, I had been drifting off here and there for a few years in regards to mainstream wrestling. And that was a great time. 2010 was not a good year for wrestling. It wasn't a lot of good stuff there. (laughs) But uh, YouTube brought us back. The network eventually brought us back to where we're sitting. And now we're we're here. Now we're both realizing that we've been marks this whole time. We just need to pay attention. Yes, we just... It's Sturge in our lives. Now, I brought up Bobby Roode. I think that's for obvious reasons. He could be the glorious, arrogant heel. That's easy to book. But but Charlotte, right? Let's talk Charlotte real quick. Her as a heel. Charlotte as a heel works. Yes, Charlotte as a heel is always going to be better than Charlotte as a babyface. 
you can even see it. Charlotte wants to be the heel. Mm. Like you could see it in her face when she tries to be a baby face. It's just it, it almost as if it pains her to kind of be a baby face. But yeah, I mean, the crowd is eating both of them up as faces. So it's hard to make that turn when the thing about Bobby Roode, if you want to turn him face, you got to completely change his music. His music is always going to get a reaction from the crowd. Yeah. Um, he's always going to kind of get that pop when that piano starts playing. And the crowd's going to sing along to it. You can't have a heel, a true heel, where the crowd will sing along to your song. You just can't. Yeah. Same with Sami Zayn. If you want Sami Zayn to work as a heel, you got to change his song too. I think that's the reason they haven't been playing his music a whole lot. He's been coming out with Kevin Owens' dual music true. style. That's a great reason why they haven't been doing that, because I'd be like, it's too upbeat and happy. About, right. a, about a year ago, you said his music would be the best music to cash in on a money in a bank. You remember saying yes. that? And it was. Yes, I do in, remember in saying that, and context. I still hold true. In the face context, not as a heel, though. Sami Zayn doesn't work as a heel. I like what they've been doing. I like them pairing him with Kevin Owens, and that's something I wanted to bring up. You know, where does Sami Zayn go from here? You know, he's not young. He's in no. his mid mid to late 30s. Um, you know, the only way you can cash in on him is as a babyface. That's where you're going to make your biggest money. I mean, this feud with with AJ Styles, and you know, most most likely a feud with Kevin Owens, because somehow one of them is going to cost the other in that triple threat match at Fastlane. Sure. You know, where 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 do we go from here with Sami Zayn? I don't know because we're far too close to WrestleMania for them to realistically put him in a feud that we're going to care about that is outside of him facing Owens. Kevin Owens, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, he he's damn sure not going to be involved in the triple threat match if they make one versus uh, Shinsuke and AJ Styles. That should never be a thing. That's not going to happen. So what we're going to get is those two one-on-one at WrestleMania. And we brought this up either last episode or the one before. Like, it's, it's stuff we've seen, right? We want yes. the feud to continue forever, but we don't care about it enough to – to really buy the pay-per-view if we're a non-watcher, yeah. right? Because it's going to be a great match, but that's it. Like, But then what after that? Like, Sami Zayn, not to be critical, but he doesn't need to be at the top of the card, ever. You've never liked him. He's he's good in the mid-card. If you want to push him for a, some type of mid-card title, that's fine. But Owens has kind of made himself, and he seems to be like much more liked by producers and even Vince as far as in that aspect goes. So, Oh, no, they, they absolutely love Kevin Owens. I mean, Vince wouldn't have that segment with Kevin Owens where he lets him headbutt him and then beat the bricks off right. of him and then hit him with a, with a bullfrog splash. Leg moment for, for Kevin yes. Owens, yeah. And they don't do that. And, and if you watch uh, the Kevin Owens 365 on the WWE Network, you know, you kind of see that behind the scenes, you know, how much, you know, Kevin Owens, he, he loves what he does. He, he longs for, you know, the acceptance of Vince McMahon. You know, that, that crushing moment after his match with Chris Jericho, he goes up to Vince, yeah. and Vince was just like, no. Nah, yeah, didn't like it. it. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. I was like, oh, no, I felt crushed. Yeah. But Kevin Owens is definitely the bigger star of the two. Kevin Owens will only work as a heel. I don't think Kevin Owens can ever work as a babyface, uh, just like Sami Zayn. But one thing I would like to bring up about SmackDown, kind of to coincide with this, is that segment with Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. to start the show, where Shane McMahon kind of hints at Daniel Bryan longing to be in the ring, uh, you know, needing to be in the ring. You know, that's his biggest 
biggest goal in life is to wrestle again. Living vicariously I, through the two. Yes. Yeah. So it kind of, I wish, I wish there would have been more at, at the Royal Rumble that, that right. brought that together. Your frustration why is still here. Yes. I am still extremely frustrated about that. Why, why wait so long to kind of weave the story? You've been weaving the story the entire time. Yeah. Why not kind of have that at the Royal Rumble? You can even have that conversation between the two at the Royal Rumble and then have something happen in the match. Or even after the match, you know, you know, Daniel Bryan comes out and makes them restart. You know, you have a dusty finish. Yeah. You know, there, there's so there was so much, so many possibilities, but they just couldn't capitalize on it. And now they wait until you know two weeks after the Rumble. Yeah. To have this, this I just, this feud has been very long, which is a good thing. We like long feuds, right? But it has yes. been very inconsistent and very mismanaged. So in the end, if we end up getting these two at WrestleMania, I'm going to be upset about it. But um, secondly, <laughs> I, will have, I will have wanted the feud prior to the match to have been much better, much more heated at times. Because yeah. even when they try to do these promos together, they're very, they still are cordial with each other. They still take each other yes. in this professional aspect, and no one's really getting pissed off or upset i like need something someone... now something big has to happen it's to the point where yeah i need daniel bryan to hit shane mcmahon in the face that's what i need yes. but I it can't happen a week before wrestlemania it has to happen no, now there has to be a build to it yes why are we waiting to pull the trigger i just don't get it it just reminds it reminds me of you know back in the attitude era as much as we love the Attitude Era, there was a lot of stu stupidity and dumb shit that took place in that time. But one of the things that always kind of took place was the fact that storylines, they developed, but they developed pretty quickly. Right. So if you're going to have this Shane McMahon-Daniel Bryan match, the, the seeds would have already been planted and there would already be some kind of physical confrontation between the two. Yeah. And I mean, we're just we're just not seeing. This is like it'd be like you and me. Just like one day I walk up to you and I punch you in the face, and it's like, okay, we're gonna fight tomorrow. Let's I guess go. We'll, I guess we'll There's fight. There's been That's nothing it. nothing built to this. But let's just let's just go. Yeah, that's fine though. Is it? It's not. But if oh. I don't know, I don't know what at this point. I don't know what different angle they can go with Shane McMahon. Does Shane fight Sami Zayn? At WrestleMania. Is that Shane does not need to be wrestling at WrestleMania. Shane does not need to be a WrestleMania attraction. That's just not how it should be. Daniel Bryan needs to be the big attraction here going up against, you know, he he's not going to go up against AJ Styles, which you kind of thought they might build to that because yeah. of the kind of the story that they were. It could have been in there. there. Right. But now that's not happening unless we have. Yeah, unless we have Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn or something beat him at the at Fast Lane, I wouldn't mind Kevin Owens and and Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania. Uh, but and then, and then AJ versus Daniel Bryan is that the winning? Is that how we win from this? Yes, but I don't like that because no. we've all wanted AJ Styles versus Nakamura at WrestleMania for the last year, and it's kind of what we've all kind of been building to for the last two years. Yeah. So that that match definitely needs to happen. But if they threw in Daniel Bryan into a triple threat match, that no. would make a lot of people jizz their no. pants because no, the idea of idea. Daniel Bryan facing AJ and Shinsuke, that would nut for everybody. 
I I know. And look, you're talking about you're talking about someone whose favorite active wrestler right now is, of course, the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. Uh, one of my top three favorite wrestlers of all time is Daniel Bryan. However, I don't want to see that happen because the story isn't there. What made WrestleMania 30 so magical, the ending so amazing, and what made me so happy and excited and jubilant at WrestleMania 30 was the fact that that story had been been told for the last, you know, almost a full year. You know, Daniel Bryan had been in the main event all of 2000, and people don't realize that. They say, oh, Daniel Bryan, the, the company didn't like him. You know, they never gave him a shot. He was in the main event for the entire a lot of shit. Entire second half of 2013. Right. Like he, him and Randy Orton feuded for oh, yeah. a solid four months over the title. He beat John Cena for the title at SummerSlam and then feuded with Randy Orton all the way until, I think, like November. Right. Uh, so, but the story, people still think that that was the story because they built it so beautifully. But we don't have that here. And I don't want to see Daniel Bryan in the main event. That spot belongs to Nagamura because that story's been built yeah. for the entirety of last year. AJ Styles deserves to be in the main event because that story has been weaved for an entire decade. I love I love Daniel Bryan, but no, please keep him out of that WWE title match. But I, I love bringing up anything Daniel Bryan because you get so heated <laughs> and so into everything that we talk about. And even though I'm agreeing with you, everything you're saying yeah. is absolutely correct. If they could see how you're reacting right now physically to this conversation because you're upset. <laughs> because one, I know deep down you want a story to be involved with Daniel Bryan to the point where yes. it, he could be involved in a WrestleMania main event again. But the like story doesn't support it. And right now, right. the story doesn't support it whatsoever. And even... No. Even the casual fan would be like, oh, if you were to hypothetically be thrown into some shit like that, the fan would be like, okay, that's weird. They're just pandering at this point. They, they just want me to like Daniel Bryan. And right. That's no, and then that's no good. So I no. agree with you. I don't know what we're going to get yet. We have to do something important before Fast Lane in order yes. to get either Shane or Daniel Bryan or both of them on the card at WrestleMania into something significant. I don't want to see them face each other. But then again, Sami Zayn is the X Factor because he's the one who could face both of them in some conceivable match. So, yes. Uh, uh, triple threat. How do you like a triple hey, threat? Let's throw Sami Zayn, Shane McMahon, and Daniel Bryan. That's your leadoff match. Daniel Bryan's yes. music hits first. Yes. Boom. Kick off the yes. card. Oh, I hate oh, it. That's god awful. I love. I like Sami, but man, uh, if he was never on my screen again, I wouldn't notice. Honestly. Yeah, same thing what? like when I talk about Bailey. Yeah, okay. Oh, come on, dude. You know how I feel about the that. The way you that you just think... said that was how you said it last episode about Bailey. Because we both know. would have been like, oh, yeah, there she is. I totally forgot about her. Yeah. Oh, I said that about the Royal Rumble. Just yeah. the Royal Rumble match, not like all of WWE in general. The fact that she came in at 29 was like, oh, yeah, there she is. Okay, well. Oh, anyway. No, no, anyway. That's okay. Well, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Ah, damn it! What are they doing with Bailey? This is pissing me off. Like she she's was, face she was such a. I know, and she's gonna lose. Yeah, she or is she'll get her, or she'll get her win. What? No, she won't. They. I don't know why. I'm not a big fan of Sasha. Sasha is the golden she, child. Yes, and I don't get it. I don't, I don't get, get it. Either. I don't. Her forehead starts like where no, my headphones are right now. If mean, you could see where my headphones are, oh, what? God. That's what did mean. you say? No, 
you be nice about physical appearance. <laughs> she is okay at uh, best. Look at how perfectly groomed my beard is. Right. Look at look at my hair. It's okay. styled perfectly with this little <laughs> little piece right here. So yeah. I know something about hair, and her hair is at least half of it is not where it should be. Okay. What are they going to do with her? I don't know. Uh, Sasha's going to hold the title again. This no, actually, what? I don't, don't talk know. To me about hold that. on, hold on. Because then I remembered. Oh, Oscar's <laughs> about to win exists. it, and she's about to hold it for a long ass time. Yeah. Until Rousey uh, gets. That's that's a conversation. I'll interject my line here because we're on this, right? Who okay. does? Okay, it has to be important. It has to matter, yes. and it has to get somebody over. Whoever beats eventually Asuka. beats Oscar. What? When does that happen? And is it Rousey? Because that doesn't do anything for Rousey. Rousey's been. It doesn't shame. do anything for Oscar. No, it doesn't do anything for anybody unless it, it, if it's anybody but Rousey, it kind of does a thing. For Ooh, it has to be. And hear me out. Okay. We just oh, talked man. about this person. Okay. Hear me out. It has to be Bailey, and here's the story behind it. Okay. There's a story behind it. Bailey's biggest, her triumph, her biz, biggest success, the the moment that defined her in her career was winning the NXT Women's Championship, correct? Okay. She defended it uh, against Nia Jax, uh, against Sasha Banks, but it was taken from her by Asuka. So you could say that that was her biggest defeat of her career is losing okay. the NXT Women's title to Asuka. Are you building a long-term storyline right now? I am building a long-term story. I know WWE is not a big fan of this, okay. but you you weave this story from NXT through now. Bailey, she's had some big wins on the main roster, but she hasn't had that one defining victory, that one that one win that propelled her to the top, that made a statement, that cemented her legacy. But being able to overcome all the odds to beat Asuka to win back the women's championship, tell me that that does not, that doesn't tug at your heartstrings a bit. I find it almost un. Oh, not to say the I, word unbelievable, but I would not believe it if it actually happened. Bailey has not proven, well, I, nor has anybody proven that they can come close necessarily. To that's Oscar. the thing. That's why this, from, I'm not saying on, that this second. is this year. Next, okay. aside from last week, Sasha and Oscar had a great match on Raw. Yes, and Sasha proved she could at least hang a little bit with Oscar. So, are they going to do the same thing with Bailey? Are they going to put on multiple matches where it looks like Bailey's getting closer and closer, and she just can't get there, and then she eventually taps out every match? That's the type of build that has to happen. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. Now, why would it be her over somebody who might be more deserving, like Becky Lynch? Where's Becky Lynch's proving moment? Where's her? Becky Lynch is on SmackDown, Bubs, and she's going to stay on SmackDown because she. No, that is not the problem. Is that she is not getting the respect that she deserves on SmackDown? She belongs on SmackDown. To me, she is the the women's division on SmackDown. Uh, Charlotte, I still feel belongs on Raw. Uh, she okay. will always be kind of that raw women's champion in my mind. Becky Lynch has not had that moment yet. And the story lends itself better to, to Bailey uh, when it comes to when it comes to overcoming the odds and winning the championship from Asuka. Mm-hmm. Because of her babyface character that can't yes. be changed whatsoever. Exactly. Becky Lynch though, Becky Lynch could be a heel if she wanted. She did Becky Lynch could. could she Becky Lynch could be that that plucky babyface. Okay. They just, for some reason, they just aren't pulling the trigger on it, and 
you know, she's still young. She's 30. I think she just turned 31 a couple uh, uh, last week. Uh, but, you know, they, they need to pull the trigger on Becky Lynch. Like, she absolutely – there's no build. She doesn't need to be built. You could just put the title on her right you now. You could put her in Charlotte one-on-one and she could beat her. It's believable. Yes. Disarm her. Um, oh, could you imagine that at, at – um, WrestleMania. Where? I forgot what WrestleMania was called for a second. <laughs> God dang. <laughs> Could you imagine? Are you going to call it Kingdom? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to call it like Fast Rumble. Um, but could you imagine Becky Lynch and Charlotte at WrestleMania, the match that those two could put on, yep. uh, and Becky Lynch coming away on top? Imagine the pop that she would get. And that's amazing, and that's what I want to see happen. Charlotte doesn't. Charlotte never needs to win. She no. got, when they did their triple threat match two years ago, Amazing. Such Great a good match. match. And Charlotte won it as she should have, as expected, and then got rid of the whole Divas division. That was done yes. with. Now, Becky could believably go into a match with Charlotte, who's the top of the card, rightfully, and she mm-hmm. could beat her, and that match will be good, bubs. And I all you have to do, you have Charlotte. She's the dominant champ, no matter on what show she's in. All you have to do to, to make someone a believable contender or a believable kind of superstar is to have that person beat her. If Becky Lynch beats Charlotte, in everyone's mind now, it's like, oh, this Becky Lynch is something special. And yeah. then the crowd reaction that you would get, because you will get a strong crowd reaction, because everyone loves Becky Lynch. Um, we both chose her to win the Rumble because we thought that was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, it turns her into a huge star. And the one thing that I think that's missing from Bailey, you notice the top four, I guess, in the women's division all across the board, Asuka, Charlotte, Becky and Sasha, they all have they all have submission finishing moves that they can do. Right, Bailey doesn't have one whatsoever. She has the Bailey no. belly now, which I can, like. I like that. Shane Douglas. Okay. The believability though is that if you can lock in your your submission move, anybody could potentially tap. When yes. ba- Bailey has to do her her grapple style move and keep someone down for a three count, I think that's got, kind of goes against her a little bit as far as believability. Because Oscar's going to kick out, Charlotte's going to kick out, right? But if you can lock her in the disarmor, for example, if you're Becky, you might be able to beat Oscar, believably, if you can lock in your finisher. So I wish. Yes, but Bailey has shown that you know there, and we've talked about this before a uh, long time ago, uh, about a year and a half now. Uh, there is a strong crowd reaction that you can get from a submission. You know, you lock someone in a submission, uh, no matter what it is, the crowd can get invested to it, you know, almost right away just from the reaction of the wrestlers, you know, the facial expressions, just the pain that they put on their face. But it doesn't quite and, – and, you know, t- getting someone to tap out to a submission is one of the biggest moments in any wrestling match. It's a great finish, especially to WrestleMania matches. There's been a but lot But the of them. one, two, three, pop – uh, you can't beat that. You no. can't. The submission finish is very different, and it's very it's used sparingly now. I think especially we don't, a, we don't get a lot of those, and they should be used for very significant matches. Chris like, Benoit, like Benoit's, uh, like when Kurt Angle beat Shawn Michaels. Yes. Those are all those are great ones, right? And Austin passed out to one at WrestleMania against Bret Hart. Now, and all those matches for some reason are like top ten matches of all time. So finish <laughs> finish is very yes. important. But, uh, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. Exactly. Here's another one. 
But I don't know. I, I want Bailey to be used properly. She's been booked awfully, Bubs. Horrible. Yes. You're, it's not just me who has forgotten about her. So have you. No. So have a lot of the crowd. So let's push I don't her back. like that I have. Let's bring it back up. But to the same token, though, all those three individuals that we're talking about, as like the, the horsewomen, basically, is there anybody else that's relevant? Can we talk about a Naomi or Carmella? Are they believable whatsoever in this aspect? Carmella, no. And I hate it because she has the money in the bank. Right. But what has she done outside of winning the money in the bank? She yeah. hasn't done anything in any kind of singles match. Uh, she doesn't do well in tag team matches. They just haven't. I feel like she'll cash in and lose. Like, that's just how I feel. Yep, very um, Yeah, exactly. I don't think they made the right choice in making Carmella. I think they picked Carmella as kind of a shock factor, yep. you know, and to have James... Work. To have James Ellsworth involved to really get the crowd against her as a heel. But other than that, I think they made the wrong decision. There's been no progress from her since then, really. She's come out a little bit. Uh, it was either last week or the week before, though. She came out to you know cash in on SmackDown against Charlotte, and that didn't go her way. The crowd was kind of behind it, but that's only because of the briefcase. Yes. The briefcase is that's more it. over than anything Carmella has done whatsoever. And I need her to really be a sticky, mean bitch of a heel. That's what I want from her. But be she's an arrogant not. little stuck-up little girl. That's what I want her to be. But it's really not happening. So maybe in three or five years, because she's still young. She's younger than some of these other people. But, yeah. But it's just I mean, not she's time. 20, so. It's not time yet. She's Naomi got her moment at WrestleMania last she's year. And I like Naomi. I think Naomi is, yeah, is decent. Mm -hmm. Uh she right she now reinvents herself a lot. I like that. She, she does. does a lot of and changes. that's definitely something that every superstar, uh, male and female, should do. And some of the best of all time consistently do that. Like Chris Jericho is always reinventing himself. The Usos have reinvented themselves. You know, the greats, that's just what they do. And I like Naomi. I think she's had her time, though. Um, Becky, it needs to be Becky Lynch's time, though. Yes, it does. I'm not going to get off that until she gets a, a true moment. And if it's at WrestleMania this year, that'd be great, bubs. So great talk about women's wrestling, though. That's we it haven't lasted had good, longer than I would have anticipated. Not had a good conversation about that in a minute. So and it needed you, to happen. It did, and because it'll bring me around eventually to loving the product more than more than I do. So, bubs, I'm going to throw this back a little bit here, okay. if you don't mind. I'm listening. All now, ears. At times, we intentionally avoid talking about the Attitude Era because yeah. we, we as fans, we grasp to it because it's our childhood and we try to compare everything to it, right? And, that's and, and it's a terrible – and I hate it. I, I, loved, I loved my childhood. I loved the wrestling I got as a child and a preteen and a teenager, but um, I just it's, – it's, it's in the past and it needs to stay in the past. There's too much of reliance on it. Okay, but for the sake of conversation, I got a few things to ask you about the Attitude Era. Oh God, here we I go. I gotta bring it up. No, right? I don't like X Pac. Oh, you don't um, like him. Okay, I, you know this. That was question one. Okay. Okay, but I asked you this earlier, so okay. I mean, you're gonna have the answer to it already. Yeah. I sent you a picture basically that had about 20 different images <laughs> from the best moments of the Attitude Era, from yes. that subjective line of when it started and when it ended. That's up for that's up in the air. But when you think of the Attitude Era, when you think of your childhood, WWEF only, not WCW, that okay. era, what's the big – when you always think about that time, what's the one thing that pops in your head the first – like the first thing instantly that comes up? When thinking about the Attitude Era, there's two things. Okay. 
the Austin beer truck and the Austin McMahon bedpan. The band the bedpan over the head. Just the noise that that bedpan makes is amazing. Really, almost everything that I can think of involves Austin and McMahon. When exactly. Austin had the gun to McMahon's head, made him piss his pants. That, I remember that so vividly, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, how is this guy getting away with this? Yes. Because I was a kid. I was stupid. Right. Like, oh, man. better. No. It's like, oh, God, he's got a gun. He's going to kill somebody. <laughs> on TV? No yeah, way. Oh, my God. Oh, and then the bedpan thing. And then the bedpan thing, I was just like, how'd Stone Cold get away with that looking like a doctor? Yeah. How those nerds? He yeah. stole them clothes. <laughs> well, I was like, where's the doctor? He beat up somebody. You were a naive little child. I was stupid. What about you, Buzz? What I do you love think? it. Ah, well, I think about those. When I think about the Attitude Era, it's actually Vince McMahon is the first person that, that pops into yes. my head more than Rocky, and he's yes. my dude. More than Austin, more than Taker or Triple H, any of that stuff, or DX as a whole. Because Vince was, not, not to call him the glue, because I think that's Austin, but Vince was a catalyst for all of most of the the rivalries and feuds that go on he was either involved in them or was uh, a key player when he was part of the his corporation he was involved with uh, the rocks especially when rocky was yeah. heel at that time and he was corporate rock so it's actually vince that comes to mind and obviously the beer truck comes up and the bedpan i was going to say that one as well but <laughs> but the thing is it's just like yes he was can we go ahead and call him the goat like when it sure. comes to characters, Absolutely. he is just I'm the goat. Uh, 100% the goat when it comes to a character. Uh, the Mr. McMahon character is just the greatest of all time. But that over-reliance on Vince McMahon and the McMahons themselves is what caused such a downturn uh, after yep. the Attitude Era. There were there was nothing to, to fall back on because Stone Cold was gone. The Rock was gone to Hollywood. You know, yep. you had nothing else except for the McMahons. And then once you lost Stone Cold, once you lost Vince McMahon, you lost the magic. And honestly, now the product is suffering because of that. It really is. And this was actually my transition was how has the Attitude Era affected the brand that is negative. 2018 WWE? And you say negative, right? Negative, yes. Be because... The, the brand was so good back then, or we all say good because that's how we enjoyed it then, but yes. the times have changed. It was so good, but it transitioned so poorly out of it. There was a now, reliance on the ruthless very few people. Yes. The ruthless aggression era I have fond memories of. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was, you know, they did a good job, but it lasted so short that okay. once 2008, 2009 hit – you know, the WWE just took a huge uh, downturn when it comes to quality. Now, I mean, you had some outliers like the Shawn Michaels, uh, Chris Jericho feud. But honestly, other than that, just the quality of the stories, the quality of the in-ring, just it, it was bad. And I think it was just that over-reliance on the success of the Attitude Era that, that led to that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that because I think that the over reliance actually applies to the number of people that they, that they heavily relied on. After the Attitude Era, we relied heavily on Kurt Angle, John Cena, The Undertaker, 
Triple mm-hmm. H and Shawn Michaels here and there, right? That's a yeah. handful of people. And oh, then, and Edge. Don't forget and, to throw Edge in there. And Edge as he progressed yeah. into his greatness, right? But as we continue through the next 10 years, that's it. The, that's all the, you the, have. The Over Alliance is still on a handful of people, and that's changed through the 2000s now and through the teens. We still only care about you know a handful plus people when the entire roster is is i mean there's good talent but the show they put on is lackluster and we keep waiting to see these certain people so the show as a whole now is not entertaining but now when we watch raw we're like well let me get let me wait for braun Strowman's segment because that's what yes. i'm gonna like let me yeah. wait for elias to come out so i can hear the booze and i can get on that that's what we like yeah. so the Attitude Era, a lot of the show, there was everything. There was a little something for everybody. If you were a weirdo, you were all about Mosh and Thrasher for some reason, and that yes. shit got you off. And then you loved and, the oddities. And you loved the oddities, and you loved Gangrel and Edge and Christian oh, back God, then, right? Yes. And all that stuff had a little something for everybody. Now, it's still built on a handful of people, and they throw other stuff out there just to see if it clicks. And it's, and not, here, it's not clicking. And as much as I hate... To say this, I hate to throw uh, the proverbial praise onto somebody. Um, I see you smiling. You know exactly what I'm about to say. A lot of that can be attributed to the booking style of and the writing style of Vince Russo. Because yes. he, he he absolutely needed Vince McMahon to bounce his crazy ideas off of, but. He had some, and all the wrestlers have said this. And then going back and watching, you can see it. There was something for everybody. Yeah, Every sure wrestler, was. if you came up and said, "Hey, I want to be on TV," Vince Russo would find a way to get them on TV. And honestly, back in those days, my favorite wrestlers were guys in the mid card and undercard. I didn't really have a strong connection to the main event guys. Mm. I didn't really care them, about. I liked them. Like, I didn't really care about Stone Cold. No. I didn't really care about The Rock. Billy I Gunn, loved listening to the. Yes. And guys like, you know, D'Lo Brown and Val Venus were, yes, they were, you're, people loved them. You're hitting me in all the right spots right now. I Bubs. know, Bubs. But do you find that now in this 2018 no, product? No, I couldn't care right? less about the undercard guys. No, do you care about Apollo Crews yet or Titus? No, Not so I much. don't. First of all, Apollo Crews was called up way too fast, but yeah, he's got no, okay. if, I don't okay. want to say this. But if he would have been around in the late 90s with Vince Russo booking, he would have a character. He would have something to cling on to, and he would be a European champion. Ah, oh, where's that title? Yes. D'Lo's got it that's somewhere. That's title. That's his title. I don't give a fuck what Shane McMahon yes. says or Xbox yeah. says. Those are, that's his. D'Lo, man. If he exactly. Wasn't- so that, that's the conversation I wanted to have was we, we rely on the Attitude Era and we try to compare it when we can't compare it. You shouldn't compare it. Because Never. it's no. far different. But if you do, you're going to realize, just like we do, even right now, because it's hard for me to even not compare it, the product is lackluster compared to what it used to be. And we're never going to get past that. But Now, nowadays, so back then, everything was, was story-based. You know, who, whoever held the championship, it was based on a story. You know, it wasn't because they were the best wrestler. You know, Stone Cold didn't have it because he was the best in-ring technician. Nope. Uh, but nowadays, it's almost as if titles are put on people because they want it to feel more legitimate. You know, AJ Styles, the best wrestler in the world, put the title on him. Brock Lesnar is a legitimate badass and a Super beast. Super draw. 
put the title on him, not because of any kind of story that's built, uh, but just because he's seemed as a legitimate uh, title holder. Same with like the U.S. title or Intercontinental title. You're only seeing people with those titles that you you would go, okay, that guy looks like he would hold hold the championship. There's no story involved. The Miz is the Intercontinental champion just because there's no one else. There's not. There's no story to him holding the belt other than he is the best person. He's you know, made if it wasn't for himself. if it wasn't for Brock Lesnar, he would be the Universal Champion in my opinion. Okay. That's the difference there. It is, and Attitude Era was built off a great combination of long-term and short-term booking. Yes. That was that was real, and it was something we we all loved. And and it wasn't necessarily real. Well, we believed it. Choppy choppy pee pee is not necessarily Takamichi Noku and Valvina yes. storylines. Yes, Kai and Tai. <sighs> See, and we cared about those people. We did. I love Taka. I was well, like, like don't, don't choppy choppy his pee pee. No, Val should have been a bigger star. Whatever. Uh, Let me get off that. He wasn't a porn star. That gimmick. Yeah, he great been. gimmick, though. <laughs> was. The money shot. Oh, it's a great. I, I, I said picture. the key word that I wanted to say, though, Bub. So let, let, let's bounce off this attitude or a real, thi- real quick, okay. right? Real now, thick. Real thick. <laughs> so earlier today, I was, on the, I was on the old tweeting machine, right? Okay. And I brought up that we were going to bring up this. Uh, Val Venus and laying it on thick. And his towel, right? <laughs> Ryan Shamrock. No. Oh, God. Who was actually Ken Shamrock's <laughs> wife in real life? <laughs> Storylines don't matter. Yeah, incest is great. Uh, no, was it's not. Old, I'm kidding. Get off that. <laughs> I was on the old uh, the old tweeting machine today, right? Uh-huh. I was plugging away that we were going to be doing this show, and a couple dudes actually reached out because I, I said – when you have r- random wrestling talks with your friends, what kind of shit do you talk about, right? Yes. Now, a couple dudes that reached back made some great points, right? A guy named David Kane said that he talks about ridiculous gimmicks. He from sounds the old, great. From the old territory days. Ooh. Now, I, I took this I took this, and I was like, okay, let's not only talk about the territories. Let's talk about 90s wrestling as well. Yes. Now, I, I couple, so I appreciate that, David, for the hit back. I also retweeted that shit for you as well. But um, let's talk about guys like the Repo Man and... Duke Ooh. the dumpster and, and Bastion Booger and Booger and Isaac Yankum and the and Mantar uh, right and and this is this goes into WCW the well. Yeti exactly you cannot there, forget the Yeti there came a time when WCW started using the where the big boys play yes. theme and they the took moniker in like most, the yeah. ninety three I think is when that started ninety two uh, ninety three time frame was, with Vader and Sting and it was more so employed when the NWO became a thing that's when they started taking away all the gimmicks so. After that, WCW didn't employ a whole lot of gimmick characters anymore. No. And the WWE then had to jump through hoops and be like, oh, shit, we can't do that either. We kind of have too many of them. Yeah, we, we have, have the goon the still. The goon. The clown. So I bring up a lot of these dudes because Papa Shango was a fucking Ooh. gimmick character, right? But we know him as the Godfather. Which is a gimmick okay? character. Right? Charles Wright. So that's a, that's a gimmick character. But now, 2018... Who's a gimmick character besides Bray Wyatt? Let's talk about a few of them. Okay, uh, we're but, talking 2018. We're talking right now. Who the hell's a gimmick and not their real person or playing some sort of off-suit character I mean, of, their own, of their own self? I mean, I don't. I'm starting to believe that this is actually him now, and that's Velveteen. <laughs> like he's playing that character so well. If I oh, would have seen Velveteen, him in Tough dude. Enough, then I would honestly think that Velveteen is his actual persona. 
Um, and okay. even if it is, it's turned up to 80,000. And it's okay. so good. Uh, but really, the only Who's time you're seeing... Who's putting on a costume now, though? Who's wearing face paint? Who's doing weird colors? Who's being a gimmick, though? The Ascension? Okay. Brizongo's kind of kind of, of, yeah, kind they're, of they're, a gimmick they're, right now. They're light gimmicky, right? Light gimmick. That's a good gimmick. Yeah. Light. Gimmick. Uh, the light, fashion fleece. Yeah. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers. Can That's you throw them in that, there? Yeah. That's kind of real because they're a slightly different from their Bray Wyatt esque Wyatt family gimmick, but which still, is still kind of the same. Yeah, still. Like you can a... easily throw them back. With Bray Wyatt, which I kind of oh, feel like that's what they're doing. That, like, that's going to be the end state. I know. It, it is. And I hate that. I hate that that's the end state because Bray Wyatt needs to be able to succeed on his own, and he just hasn't. He, he hasn't does. at all. He's the Not even a little bit. In WWE. I, uh. He is so bad. <laughs> I, I love him so much, but he's definitely lower. He's he's bottom rung right now, bubs. Um, gimmicks, man. I don't know. You throw some ideas out so I can no, give no. me some time. That's the struggle. Like uh, when you yes. think of people, you're not. Re- no one's really much of a gimmick anymore. When Ron's the, not a gimmick anymore, no, he's just kind he of he was, become, but now he's just he himself. He first, yes. But we throw this back 25 years ago and, and into the mid 90s. Half the card was a was a gimmick character, yes. especially in WWF. There was a guy who was a fucking garbage man, right? Yes. There was a guy who repossessed cars for a living. There was the there was a guy who the was mountain. a rooster, a literal rooster that hatched from an egg. Yes, turkey. I mean, no, it was a turkey. turkey. Nope, it was a turkey. Yep. I was thinking of the red rooster for a second. Okay. Uh, Terry Taylor, but there was yeah, a, a literal turkey. I meant right. that hatched from a fucking egg at Survivor Series. With the same mind. Survivor Series, mind you, where we had a big, huge, huge reveal, huge kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking Debut? for? Debut? Is that the word? Debut? Is that yes. the word you're trying to say of someone <laughs> who, of the greatest gimmick character of all time? That one? Maybe the greatest gimmick of all time. Man, it took me a while to get that out. Yes, you're referring to Mark Calloway in The Undertaker. <laughs> yes, mean Mark Calloway yeah. himself. Ooh, mean Mark Callis even, if thrown back to WCW. Ooh. But, God. yeah, Mantar. He was half human, half some type of bull. He snorted at people. The Yeti was a mummy. A literal mummy that hugged hugged the giant. And even, the- even Kevin Nash was Oz, right? And that, yes. that just didn't work. So, Well, do we count things like Razor Ramon and Kevin Nat and, I mean, Diesel as gimmicks? Because, listen, the reason I say that is because when Kevin Nash and Scott Hall flee mm. our jump ship to WCW, they feel like they still have the gimmick, the character of Diesel and, and Fake yeah. Razor. You know, and they, they bring them Fake on Razor. Fake Razor. Uh so do we count like people like that as gimmicks? I mean, we don't see them like that, but honestly, they were playing yeah. character. Like I, Razor I, Ramon was a Scarface type knockoff. Yeah, character. yeah. I strongly distinguish between the words gimmick and character. I think a character okay. is based on a person that you can edit and you can change and make into whatever you want. Gimmick is throwing something vastly different than a normal person, like like Duke the Dumpster or the Goon, right? <laughs> And uh, you kind of just play with that. And even when Kane was Dr. Isaac Yankum DDS, 
he played a fucking dentist, okay? Yes, with fucked up teeth. It didn't work. So these are hilarious to bring up now at this point. And I'm glad that this was mentioned in, in the tweet earlier because these are hilarious. But at this point, in 2018, if you throw in a real gimmick character, it won't work whatsoever, right? The Undertaker is going to work and Bray's version of a gimmick slash character is going to work. But Honestly, you- Bubs, at this point... I feel like a gimmick character might br- – oh, this is going to sound horrible, and I just want to punch – it would breathe a breath of fresh air into the product. Okay. <laughs> That's terrifying that. to, to sound yes. like because we could – if you want Dorn the Clown to come back to SmackDown, we I could, didn't say that. we could book it. I mean the last it. true gimmicks that we got were, let's see, the Boogeyman. Boogeyman's one, uh, right? That's one. What? That's really – who else have we – gotten that were like corn swoggle i guess uh, yeah I, I i hesitate to put him in there there was a um, strong change after well even throughout the attitude era that it was a big change if there's really no more gimmicks you were gonna and that's why i use the difference of gimmick and character because you're going to be able to alter it and do what you want with with your personalities right. and just change that we're not going to put you in costume because i think the costume thing is a big deal which is that's why I brought up Donkey the Clown, for example. He's a yeah. fucking clown. And yeah. that's why I bring up Boogeyman. That's him yeah. being like the, like the last true full-on gimmick, mm-hmm. at least that I can remember. Right, and then, then that's real. And and it worked for what he did. He was never going to be anything mainstream, but he, his shit with Booker T was great. That shit was amazing. Um, um, do you count Kane and Abyss and those kind of yes. characters as gimmicks? Those are gimmicks. I think a bit of okay. Abyss and Kane, same type of person exactly, I think... Abyss is a knockoff of him and mankind. Well, of course, but I still love Abyss. Whatever. Yes, but but do that? Does that fall into a character category or a gimmick? No, Kane. I think Kane was a great gimmick at first, and then he came okay. into a character when he started taking the gotcha. mask off, and then he became corporate. That's when the gimmick was kind of gone at that point. But the Undertaker, for example, being the greatest gimmick of all time, he's changed it ten different times since 1990. Right? Mm-hmm. He was original purple purple glove wearing dude. Yes, he became, who I loved. Yeah, I was all about that. Then he became that was the first wrestler I ever imitated. Exactly, and then he became uh, ministry. Went through the ministry phase, right? That was good shit. And then he alters it completely, and he's a biker badass from Texas. And then it just kind of evolves in different ways throughout the Dead Man phase. And that's a great character work on a gimmick, I think. But those are very few and far between now. So you're saying a gimmick can be worked. And turned into a character. Absolutely. But only because okay. we've evolved as a society and the internet has ruined kayfabe. So we can't rely What's on that. Yeah, I don't know what that is. But it's a word I've heard in wrestling. Okay. That people talk about. So I'm just going to throw it out there. You're such a mark. I am. And even Eugene was a character. <laughs> Let's talk about Eugene as a gimmick. Was, <sighs> that was a gimmick. That's a gimmick, right? That's a gimmick. Mm-hmm. And gimmicks, that's where they truly died were in the mid-2000s. Yes, they, they with the boogeyman with Eugene. Retard. Yes, booked him as a mentally challenged special needs person that could wrestle because he loved wrestling for sympathy face reasons. It was terrible. I hated it. Uh, Snitsky is that? <laughs> Remember him? Snitsky and Heidenreich oh, were weird dudes too. Are- Heidenreich was busy giving it to Michael Cole backstage the whole time. Yes, and Snitsky was busy punting babies. Who was riding? Who's? I can't blame that one on Russo at all. And I want to. I want to so bad. Oh, but 
who bo- Snitsky, his whole gimmick was that he caused Lita to have a miscarriage. Miscarriage, I hated and that. And punted, punted babies, and it wasn't his fault, Bob. That sounds about the time I began to fade from mainstream wrestling was, took my life. At this moment, I was, still I, was, I was balls deep in it at this point. What took my – where I fell off was when John Cena was – you know, really in the midst of his big run where he held the belt nonstop. Forever, like 2006, 7, 8? Yes, 2000, yeah. 2007, um, I had a resurgence. You know, my neighbor, I would go to his house and we would watch wrestling DVDs, you know, all day. We'd go to Raw uh, tapings in, in Lafayette and the Cajun Dome uh, all the time. Not in Mamu. They didn't have any in no, Mamu. It wasn't, it wasn't in Mamu, Louisiana. Big shout out to the Green Demons. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, who haven't won a football game in it seems like years oh, since I, I left, I feel. They'll get there. Um, but yeah, we would, and I would, every Monday, I would go over to his house next door. It was like two feet. I would just have to walk, you know, two feet. And we, me, him, and his dad would watch wrestling. You know, in in the living room, and then on pay per views. I my parents never bought pay per views, but they would always buy pay per views. So I would go next door on on Sundays for pay per views, and I remember watching John Cena and Shawn Michaels in the main event mm. at WrestleMania, and I just wanted Shawn to win so bad. Um, and of course it didn't. It, it, Shawn it doesn't win. Enough. No, he doesn't need to win either. But that I kind of had. But that's when I started to fall away. You know, joined the army. We both joined the army in two thousand seven, two thousand eight time frame, and I kind of stopped watching until about two thousand eleven when we were in Afghanistan together. Um, me and me and Swindle, old Robert, oh, uh, we started Swind. watching just so we can like make fun of it. Yeah, and but it was just too good. That it was in your we heart. Fell in, we fell in love with it. And then you joined. You joined our I, little. I did. I was in the little bachelor pad. Yeah. And man, we we had Dave come over and we'd watch wrestling on Tuesdays because it was delayed on AFN. That's right. Shout out to the <laughs> AFN network working yes. out there in Southeast. I Asia. love you, I appreciate AFN. You guys. When I was in Af- Yes. When I was in Afghanistan last year, or for the last two years, it really. It really made life a little easier knowing I can on Tuesdays I can come into work and watch Raw to start my work. <laughs> Good throwback there. That was seems like it's, uh, it's touching home for you there, Bubs. It is. I miss those times. We had a lot of good fun. We we we'd work hard days. for like two hours and then we'd <laughs> we'd play we'd play NBA two K and watched wrestling and ghost adventures. Like that that's how our days consisted. Two hours of work. And then play the, the for rest, the next the rest 22 hours. We earned our money over there, though, in those two hours. I'll tell you that, at least. Yes, I did. That was good stuff. I know what it's like to have things that could kill me fly over my head. Yeah, they're right there. They can land real <laughs> close to you, too. So those those things are well documented. That's good shit there, bubs. Wrestling can yes. uh, wrestling will always bring you back. If you're a fan as a child, bet money 20, oh, years, 20 years later you're going to be a fan as an adult. So Always brings me back. I kind of want to bring up... Uh, I know we talked about this earlier before we started recording, which is a fucking system of ours. I want to let you fanboy. <laughs> you're going to fanboy out basically because I'm going to bring up some news here. So okay. it was last night for us. Kazuchika Okada defended his IWGP yes. against Sonata at New Beginning in Osaka. 
And of mm-hmm. course, Ok- Okada won, and he's on now 601, 602 now days uh, as champion by WGP, right? Could he could he get to a thousand? Could he get to a thousand, and why would he not? Right? Will he? Not That's a good it? question. Can he not defend it while holding it still from this day? Can he not defend it next year at Wrestle Kingdom without losing it? Very- I think he can. Like I don't see how anyone can beat him right now. But what I do like about this match with Sonata is that it proves what I've been saying recently, and that Sonata is the the future of this company. He'll never overtake Okada, okay. but uh, when I say the future of this company, he is someone that will be able to be thrust into the main event scene. He's someone you can put the title on, and you're not going to lose much exactly. in terms of draw and merchandise. No. He's going to be used for, I think, some great feuds at the top of the card. Maybe not necessarily for that title yet, but eventually. Yeah, no. Absolutely. I called this earlier as a as a test match for Sonata to see if he, in a in a not a big spotlight, but a big enough spotlight of the new beginning that put him up against Okada and see how he does. And he did very well. I've only seen all the cool highlights, of course, at this point. But after this, I'll be logging on to the world and seeing how the match went to see if everyone's just overhyping it. But, I, I mean, I got some Well, the thing with New Japan, so. yeah. The thing with New Japan is it always feels like it's being overhyped. And then you go in and you watch it, and they, they have these lofty expectations. Yeah. But then for a, a majority of it, there is a it, – it, it delivers – I mean, the majority yep. of the time it delivers, and Sonata is someone that I've been talking up for a while. I have a lot of high hopes for, and I'm very excited about how he performed against Kazuchika Okada. Sonata, I know you haven't watched the match yet, no, but yeah. it, it, it's good. You got to see it. Okay. So yes. It, it'll be worth my time. Yes. Okay, so Sonata's not in a place where he's going to be the underdog at this point, but he's that fresh new face that's been sitting in the mid-card or chasing the junior weight, you know, shit like that. He's going to now be the dude who's can can he now come up to Okada? He's not Naito. He's not anybody else at, at that high level. It's not gonna be it's not gonna be anytime soon. Like Never you said, said, I like how you said that and you're one hundred percent right. This is a test. This is a feeler. Uh but it he's another two years I feel away from being able to put the title on him. Okay. So we got some time then. So by then Okada will be on day, you know, Four thousand, and uh, we'll see if Sonata can be the guy. To knock Is there him off. anybody that you feel can honestly beat him? The only person With... I will ever say is Naito, and it's not going to be Naito anytime soon. It's not going to be Naito ever. It, I feel. May, I think Naito's, Naito's time is done. So yeah. I'm kind of waiting for them to develop Omega, somebody maybe? into. Some... Yeah, Omega could be considered. We'll see where where he does with this. I hope he stays involved in the Jay White feud for the U.S. title, but at least for the next foreseeable future. But right now, Okada's the best wrestler in the world. I put him yes. above AJ Styles just a hair, and it's not – he doesn't need to lose the title. He can keep being the greatest ever in Japan. It's not going to hurt them whatsoever. So next he's going to no. face Will Ospreay. That's a weird combination. They're doing that. They're both members of Chaos, so you can't expect the, the title to be on the line or at least him to lose it, obviously, to Will Ospreay. This is going to be um, Ospreay's coming out party, honestly. Uh, there's a he lot did great of at Wrestle Kingdom, though. <laughs> yes, he did. There is a lot of high expectations for Offspray. He's so young. He's only going to be getting better. And putting him in the ring with who you say is the best in the world right now is only going to not only raise his stock, but just make him make him a better wrestler. Yep. 
make because if he can slow his pace and compete with Okada at a yes. little slower pace, that'll prove oh, that he I, can go with anybody. That's but what he, I've been saying about Osprey. He just needs to slow things down and be more methodical. I hope this match is a serious match. Whether and obviously I expect Osprey to lose, but I want to see Osprey compete against Okada. I want them to go back and forth and prove that. If Osprey can be the dude, he might be able to be the dude because, like you said, he's so young. So he could be the next Okada because he's a few years younger than Okada, and be the next you know up and comer in that aspect. So a lot of stuff going on in Japan, bub. It's all very yes. exciting. So it's um, you got to stay tuned for that shit. Yeah, absolutely. And man, bubs, this is this has been a fun discussion. I, I like the direction that we went with Ooh. this. This was a great. This was all your idea. You great text stuff. me. You said, oh, yeah. hey. I have an idea for when we don't have a specific topic to talk about, and we didn't. We had nothing to talk about today. No. But the chamber is not upon us yet. No, but man, did we have a lot to talk about. We did. A lot, a lot of good topics, a lot of throwbacks, a lot of stuff that just sits on our mind. And I can tell some of that woman's stuff, the woman's wrestling was on your mind and you were ready to kind of talk about it. So this is how we kind of vent those out there. But obviously, try to get some feelers out for the crowd and see who else is willing to talk about this kind of stuff. Because we had a lot of, a lot of stuff today, a lot of decades, basically. We went back yeah. to some gimmick stuff. We talked, I mean, the ruthless aggression came up and all of the Attitude Era and even today's wrestling with... Charlotte Rollins and Rude being faces when we think they should be the opposite. So a lot of stuff, Bubs. There was a lot of good stuff we talked about. I, I love the fan participation. Uh, keep, keep it coming, guys. Things that you want to hear us talk about on these special uh, episodes, which are going to be coming coming to you more often because I definitely love this. Big and fan. I want to keep this going. Um, so, so please hit us up on Twitter at CAE Wrestling for with, with some of you more – with more of your ideas, man, the drink's there. getting to me. Yes. Uh, with more of your ideas on what you would like to talk about, what you talk about with your friends when you're just sitting back, throwing back a few drinks and just talking wrestling. You can also engage with us on Facebook. at you know, Just look us up at Collar and Elbow Wrestling. It's the and sign, the ampersand. Uh, not yeah, the none, X. none of the X crap. Get that yes, out. that's stupid. That, that's what jobbers would would use uh but find us on t- on on facebook collar Novo wrestling twitter cae wrestling at cae wrestling don't forget listen here guys this is a fan-made show you know we don't have any name recognition to us at all the only people who know us are our parents okay <laughs> we're just fan- we're just fans of wrestling looking to talk about wrestling have fun talking about wrestling with other fans And thank you so much for joining us on this ride. We've been doing this for a year and a half, and we're hoping that we can do this for another 20 20 years. Okay? We love wrestling. We want wrestling to keep growing. Together, with you, by our side, we will once again make wrestling great again. See you guys next time.